And all of these icons of Mary that we see through history depict her as a saint. I mean, she will be forever remembered for the mission that Jesus gave her. all through history, I mean, all around the world, even today, we join together with billions, with a B, billions of other people when we do this little responsive thing. You ready? So I'm going to say he is risen and you respond with? All right, so here we go. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. All the people online that can't come out, watch it online, let him, let him hear you. Are you ready? Here we go. He is risen. He is risen indeed. One more time. He is risen. He is risen. That's absolutely right. One of the really cool things I think, give me just a few moments here this morning. One of the really cool things I think in the Bible is we experience Jesus through the lens of other people. That's what we do. In fact, the Bible wasn't written by Jesus. It was written by his followers. And so we have a term for this, and you've probably heard this many times over. It's called a witness, a witness. A witness is somebody that sees and experiences something and then tells another person. This is why, by the way, it is so important, Christian moms and dads, friends, that you tell your story of what Christ has done for you to your family. Because often the first time that people experience the work of Jesus, it's through the story of another, a witness. And one of the very first witnesses to the risen Jesus was Mary Magdalene. And today what I want to do is I want to share her story, her story. Uh, I'm going to give you the big idea here really quick, and it's simply this. God not only saves and forgives us from past failures, right? So the cross is wonderful. Whatever you brought into this room, whatever you brought into this room today, the weight, the, the doubt, the shame, addictions that you're going, man, I need saved from. God not only wants to save you from your past, he saves and forgives us into a life of purpose. He doesn't just save your yesterdays. He wants to set you alive for even better tomorrows. And what I want to do is I want to walk you through this story of Mary Magdalene. Uh, the Chosen, uh, anybody here seen the TV show, The Chosen? Dude, if you haven't, you ought to check it out. It's pretty good. I seriously cried through, I think, every episode. And they do such a good job kind of portraying the life of a lot of these uh, characters that are in the Bible. Love, love the chosen. And one of the ones that I thought they did a good job with was a good job with was Mary. And uh, Mary, man, her story is unbelievable. Many of you know this, if you've read and studied your Bible very much. Mary Magdalene, when Jesus first encounters her, she, the scripture says, had seven demons in her. We don't exactly know what that means, but it was bad. Um, this lady, from her questionable past, it's highly likely she struggled with, as many people do, that have mental and emotional issues, struggle with alcohol, maybe struggle with drugs. I mean, she has a very questionable past. She is demonically oppressed. She has lots, likely, lots of emotional issues, and Jesus enters the scene and redeems her. And, and I love this because in the Bible, the way he does this is he calls her by her name. So I want to show this clip to you. Check this out. So I want you to continue Mary's story in your mind. 
she becomes a passionate follower of Jesus. She literally follows him everywhere. She has watched countless miracles take place, not only her own, but others. Eventually, Jesus is uh, betrayed, and ultimately, he's taken up to be crucified, and the disciples scatter. But where do you find Mary? You find her at the feet of the man dying, maybe the first man that was ever good to her. He's buried. She weeps. I don't know if you've had times where you've been in such grief, um, where you're crying and you're crying hard enough, it's like you can't see straight, you can't think straight. And she gets up early in the morning to make her way to the tomb. And, and, and imagine it in your mind's eye, see it. The reality is she probably didn't have much sleep. Have you ever been in a moment where you felt that anxiety? The nights where you can't sleep? And finally, daybreak on the third day. By law, she's now allowed to go to the tomb. So she does. She gets up. She makes her way there. See it in your mind's eye. I mean, imagine it like early in the morning. You can hear the wind blowing through the trees. You can see the sunlight cresting over the high spots on the hill. And as she comes to the tomb, we want to get into her story. We want to read her experience of the empty tomb. But I want you to notice through her tears and through her weeping, what is it that draws her attention back again? Notice it. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she stooped and looked into it. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was him. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell him or tell me where you have laid him and I will take him. And Jesus called her by name, Mary. Every major transition in her life began with perfect love calling her name. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I have ascended to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. I want you to remember the breadth of Mary's story. She begins, as we discover her, Mary of Magdalene, possessed by demons, I mean, very likely emotional issues, 
mental issues. I mean, she has likely been abused and betrayed by many people. She has likely struggled with addictions. I mean, whatever weight you carry into this room, I'm telling you, Mary gets it fully. Nobody in this room, right? Nobody in this room, right, has probably had it worse than Mary. She's redeemed by the love of the universe, the creator of all that is good and right and whole. She follows him all the way to the cross. And then at the empty tomb, she is the one that gets to see Jesus resurrected, one of the first ones. But there's something really cool about this story. I want to show you a picture of Mary as the early church remembers her. Go ahead and pull this up. What Jesus did at the tomb. You see, the cross takes care of your yesterdays. But the tomb, the empty tomb, is literally a gateway for a purpose, for meaning. And all of these icons of Mary that we see through history depict her as a saint. I mean, she will be forever remembered for the mission that Jesus gave her. And this is so important, and I don't want you to miss this, right? The big idea that we opened with. Uh, there is a saved from, and there is a saved for in Christianity, right? There is a saved from and a saved for in relation to the work of Jesus. And, and, and this is so big. God not only saves you and forgives us from past failures, he saves and forgives us into a life of purpose. See, this is what I want for you. I mean, this Easter, if we could look at the resurrected Jesus through the eyes of Mary, what I want you to gain today is this. Jesus not only wants to forgive you of your sins, he wants you to have an incredible life full of purpose and meaning. That's what he wants for you. See, let this settle in. One of the accounts of the resurrection was given to a poor woman who had a questionable past. God not only saves and forgives us from past failures, he saves and forgives us into a life of purpose. I have done a lot of Easter messages over the years. I want today to be not only the good news that Jesus wants to save you from your sins. I want it to be the good news that he wants to mobilize you for a life of meaning and purpose. Not just saved from your past, but saved for your tomorrows. 
In fact, even as a church, I mean, I've been, I've been bearing the weight of this a lot. So many years, over the last number of years, the church really hit this like seeker-sensitive movement and the good news is to save you from your sins. That's all really important. Um, but I've been thinking a lot as a church, where do we want to go from here? And, and I want to share this with you. We'll talk a lot more about this in detail in the months to come. But here's what I want you to know. I am shifting this whole organization to not only telling you the cross wants to take care of your yesterdays. I want this whole organization to be about mobilizing you for Christ's purpose in your life for tomorrow. In fact, if you walk out today, and Kathy's going to mention this at the end too, if you walk out today and you, and you take a left and you look at the wall, you'll see the, the mobilization pathway. This is so important to us. My goal for you is that you don't just come to church and be reminded you were healed. I want you to come to church and be mobilized for tomorrow. I want you to know why God has made you. I want you to know in your heart who you're called to. I want you to have strategy and vision and hope and mission and calling so that you're not merely waiting for death, but you are living alive today. The cross takes care of your yesterdays. The empty tomb shows you that there is a gateway to a better tomorrow. And it's all found in the death and resurrection of Jesus. You were made for more than just existing. You were made to join the mission of Christ. You were made to adopt purpose and meaning. You were made to become a witness of the work of the God of the universe, you were made to help bring others into the eternal kingdom. You were made for a purpose, and we want to help you find it. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just have a couple of questions this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed. Um, in your heart and mind, the first question is simply this. If you know, if you know, man, I... I need to rededicate my life. Um, it's not that I've been against Jesus or I, I mean, if anybody would have asked me, am I a Christian? I would have said yes. But the truth is my energy, my actions, my effort, my time, my, I mean, everything that I am, I am giving to not Jesus. Very little of it is going to him. And I need to rededicate it. I need to recenter my life on the cross. Or maybe today you need to make a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior for the first time. So whether it's choosing Jesus to rededicate or choosing Jesus for the first time, if you need to recenter Christ in your life. Make that commitment to make him core. I just want you with heads about and eyes closed. I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you specifically if you need to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Let me pray for you. Lord God, I ask in your name, those that were courageous enough to raise their hand, to make that decision, to make you core. 
that you would show them in their hearts, in their lives, and in their minds that they are not merely living, waiting to die, but you have them here for a purpose. You have them here for a reason. You do not only want to take care of their yesterdays, God, you want to call them into meaningful tomorrows. And Lord, I pray that those that choose you today would do that. Not only adopt you as savior of past mistakes, but adopt you as the compass and meaning for purposeful tomorrows. I ask that in your name. I also want to ask just this is more rhetorical. I just, I just want to ask this with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you are a Christian and you have chosen Jesus, maybe today is the day you need to make the family of God a priority. Stop doing Christianity like going to a Colts football game where you sit in the stands and once in a while you go to a game and once in a while you watch them play and you're fans of it and you like, but maybe it's time that you feel the rush of actually being on the field and engaging in the mission. That you experience the excitement of being the one that carries the ball sometimes that you discover what it is that you were made for and you lean into it. And so I want to encourage you today to take a look at your life rhythms. Think about Mary. I mean, mobilized for tomorrow. The saint that she becomes literally starts just by following Jesus, making him priority one. And I want to ask in prayer, if you would just consider in your heart rearranging your life, making the pursuit of Jesus first and foremost, leaning into a calling that has transcendent meaning and power. God, in your name, I ask, whether it was a first-time decision or a rededication or somebody that's just aware they need to realign their life, I pray that we would learn from the testimony of Mary. Following you is not only about taking care of our sins of yesterday, it is about walking through the gateway of purpose and meaning into tomorrow. The empty tomb shows us it's not just about healing the past. It's about walking into a glorious tomorrow. In your name, Lord, we center on you. Amen. Thanks for listening to Sunday Sermon on the Made for More podcast. If you are not connected in a church community, we would love to connect with you. Send us a message on social media or fill out a digital next steps card at encountertrinity.com slash next steps.